the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for being with us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 11th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program, we are pretty loaded today, uh, to be quite frank, in about uh, 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes, at 9.18, we're going to welcome Congressman Jim Jordan back to the program. He was unavailable on Monday. He made it right and said, I'll be there Wednesday, and he will be. So we'll be talking to him about a whole host of things uh, coming up at about nine, <clears throat> excuse me, 9.18, including yesterday's Joe Biden victories and Super Tuesday, what this looks like for the general election race. We're going to talk about the New Deal reached by congressional republicans and congressional democrats on the fisa court renewing the fisa court under some reform and uh that's got a lot of people very upset to be quite honest i'm going to ask the congressman how he feels about that so we're looking forward to talking to him at 918 then at 935 another congressman jim this one former though <clears throat> jim renacy will be joining us to talk about tomorrow's Trump Day dinner out in Jaga County, hosted by the Jaga County Republican Club. I will be uh, featured as a speaker there, as will my friend Peter Kirsenow, as will Jim Renacy. And uh, there's a lot of ground that we are going to cover at 935. And then at 1010 today, we are going to get specific. Dr. Heidi Gullett is going to be joining us to talk about the Wuhan coronavirus. And when I say get specific, I'm going to talk about the real legitimate threats, all of the hysteria, all of the fear-mongering cast, let's set that aside. Let's talk about the reality of the Wuhan coronavirus and what it means to the state of Ohio. Governor Mike DeWine, as you know, declared a state of emergency and has essentially advised all colleges and universities and high schools to stop large gatherings from taking place in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus. 
Um, I think Governor Mike DeWine is absolutely wrong in his decisions. I think he is completely playing into the fear. He's feeding the fear that a lot of people have, and it's going to have a very disastrous effect on a lot of people. Colleges all over the place, Ohio State, Kent State, John Carroll, Baldwin Wallace, Walsh University, virtually all of the colleges you can think of, OU, they're all... Uh, sending their kids home or telling them to go into private places and and learn online. They're going to study uh, and present lectures, etc., online rather than in-person, face-to-face uh, instruction. And this upon the uh, the recommendation, if not the outright orders, of the governor of the state of Ohio. Meanwhile, state championships are being played in boys and girls basketball, state wrestling. <clears throat> swimming and all kinds of other things and they're going to have to compete in empty arenas well save for their parents parents can go and watch the kids play and that's it never mind about all of the work that has gone into it on the behalf of these kids or on the part of these kids rather uh kids are not going to be able to play in front of large crowds and play their state championship games riding the momentum uh, of their their fans etc their classmates enjoying this with them nope just mom and dad and that's it um I just think the hysteria is so far over the top, and it is indeed Ohio's governor and Ohio's government, just like that of many other states, that is to blame for this. Um, high schools are not closed, by the way. High schools are not closed. You can go and sit with your classmates in math class, but you can't sit with them and cheer on the basketball team that's playing in the state semifinals. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I want to say this, however, about the coronavirus. You'll notice that I'm continuing, uh, or I have been, uh, calling this the Wuhan coronavirus. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is that the left doesn't want me to. The left doesn't want you to. And they are going out of their way to paint you and me as racists if we reference the Wuhan or Chinese <clears throat> excuse me, coronavirus. Kevin McCarthy is the House Minority Leader in the United States, uh, United States Congress. And Kevin McCarthy made a tweet uh, yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry, this one might have been Monday, beg your pardon. Excuse me. Uh, Monday in which he references the Chinese coronavirus. He was almost immediately censored. By those saying, how dare you use such a racist term? Don't you know that there are Chinese people, elderly, and children alike who are being attacked in this country because of the coronavirus being referenced as a Chinese coronavirus? You can't say that. What's the matter with you? Kevin McCarthy respond. And by the way, there's a headline in USA Today, today. Democratic lawmakers call on Republicans to apologize for bigoted, racist coronavirus language. And Kevin McCarthy's response, I thought, was noteworthy. Kevin McCarthy said, here we go again. Democrats trying to score points by calling Republicans racists for pointing out something that they have been calling in left-wing media the Chinese coronavirus from the start. Coronavirus, Kevin McCarthy writes correctly, is a Chinese-born disease made worse by a Communist Party that rejected America's help to contain it. 
which is why Dems and media called it Chinese coronavirus for weeks, and he then tweeted screenshots of the Washington Post. First U.S. case of potentially deadly Chinese coronavirus confirmed. The New York Times. Japan and Thailand confirm new cases of Chinese coronavirus. In other words, when the left is calling it the Chinese coronavirus, it's just for identification purposes. When the right calls it the Chinese coronavirus, it's racism. Here's why I am going to call it the Chinese coronavirus. Here's how, why I am going to forever refer to it as the Wuhan coronavirus. Because if we do not identify its place of origin... We will be allowing the left to tell us that it originated at Mar-a-Lago. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that the Chinese coronavirus is Donald Trump's fault. Its spread and transmission and lethality is Donald Trump's fault. And that he is the one who's going to have to own the blame for all of this. I say we as responsible people need to call it the Wuhan coronavirus, not to demonize Asians or Asian Americans, but to protect the president who is not responsible for this worldwide disease being created or discovered in China and spread around the world. Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Nine eighteen. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I was just watching yet more coverage of the lethal Wuhan virus, the lethal Asian virus, the lethal Chinese virus, which the left was perfectly content with calling it until they decided, you know, we can blame Trump for all of this. And now anybody who calls it the Wuhan virus is being called a bigot or being called a racist, is putting Chinese people or Asian Americans in harm's way. No, we have to identify it as having originated in Wuhan, China, or else the left would have you believe it originated at Mar-a-Lago. This is important. And I'm told Congressman Jim Jordan is on the line now on AM 1420. The answer, Congressman, good to have you back, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Wow, we have a lot of ground to cover here. I know we probably can't get it all in in 10 minutes, but my, oh, my, this has been a very, very busy time. Um, I want to start with the uh, Wuhan coronavirus. Um, the fear-mongering is off the charts. Um, uh, and, yeah. and it's, I want to blame mostly the Democrats for it and the mainstream media, which is kind of one and the same, but it's happening everywhere. Yeah. The Republican governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, has declared a state of emergency. Colleges are sending kids home, telling them study on your on your laptop screen and get your lectures there instead of being face-to-face the wrestling championships the ohio state wrestling championships the basketball championships are going to be played in empty arenas uh with only parents there to watch uh, i i feel like the fear-mongering is going too far well look we, we uh, it's serious we need to do uh take it seriously but let's have common sense let's let's follow the protocols that are in in place but you're you're right. I mean, this uh, this idea that you know uh, they want to blame the president for everything, and you're you're absolutely right. We've talked about this before. The Democrat Party and the mainstream press are one and the same. Uh, it's it's the Democrats, and uh, so uh, that's frustrating. Um, what we're doing is we're 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 trying to follow common sense. We're trying to adhere to the protocols that uh, CDC and the and the administration have put out there, 
and encouraging uh, constituents across the fourth district uh, when when we get a chance to talk to them to, to do the same. But uh, let's let's focus on that. Let's focus on common sense and uh, forget the blame game. Forget forget making everything political, which it seems what the left wants to do today. Well, yeah, they do. Uh, but what, what is the CDC saying, though, Congressman? Because to my understanding, they're saying, look, you don't need to go buying masks. You don't need to be not going places. You don't need to be not uh, taking your trips, et cetera, et cetera, unless you're going to one of the designated high danger zones in terms of the spread. Yeah, um, just do do your thing and be smart with hygiene. Wash your hands. And if yeah. somebody is symptomatic, stay away. Don't wear the mask. Wash your hands. Uh, try not to touch your face. Uh, fist bump versus uh, the, do the fist bump or elbow bump instead of shaking everyone's hands. Um, uh, you know, and if you're an older person and some 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 health uh, troubles in the past and and some concerns health wise, uh, you probably don't want to go on a cruise. You probably want to maybe limit your travel. But other than that, it's and again, right. that's what I define as common sense. <clears throat> so let's 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 follow common sense. Um, let's let's. You know, most right. Americans are pretty good at that. It just seems to be the left who wants to uh, who wants to abandon common sense. Well, and the reason why, in my opinion, Congressman, is you know, and we've talked about this before. Bill Maher went on uh, HBO about a year into the Trump presidency and said, "I'm hoping for an economic crash. I want the economy to crash. I want a recession because it's the only way to get rid of Donald Trump." And I feel like now they found their tool: use the coronavirus yeah. to crash the economy. Stocks are, of course, plummeting. People are not shopping. People aren't taking these trips, these flights. It's it's all going to harm the economy. So let me ask you, what is your thought on the president's plan? Yesterday, he was floating the idea of a payroll tax holiday for the rest of the year, a payroll tax Holy cut, Lord. spending stimulus yeah. of some kind to stabilize the economy during this period. The left, the Democrats in your body in the House are not going to go along with any of this. Yeah, well, I, I, well I'm totally for the plan. Look, I'm, I have a simple philosophy. Allowing families to keep more of their money is a darn good thing. So... Um, uh, I, I always like allowing uh, allowing the hardworking people of the Fourth District of Ohio, across our great state and across this country, uh, allow Americans to keep more of their money. That is a good thing. Uh, we should be we should be trying to get this passed. Um, uh, we'll see. You know, the, 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 I always say the problem in Washington isn't uh, lack of revenue; it's just too much spending. So, um, if we can let families keep more of that, that's less money here for politicians to spend. So. I'm all for it, but uh, the Democrats will probably be against it because for them, again, as we said, everything's political. Congressman Jordan, let me pivot to FISA now. I said we have a lot of ground to cover yeah. here. <clears throat> there is apparently a deal that has been reached between the House Republicans, uh, like yourself and House Democrats, yeah. about reforming in some ways the FISA court. A lot of people just wanted to see it completely die, feeling as though it's unnecessary. And um, I have to tell you, I've been persuaded toward that viewpoint over the course of the last few years, oh, yeah. seeing the abuses in the system. Are you okay with the deal that is being struck? I, I am, but I'm, I'm like you. I wanted a lot more. Uh, but sometimes you got to step back and look. Like, what are we going to get with Democrats in control of the House? Uh, and when you had Lindsey Graham just say two weeks ago, and I like Lindsey, and he's been great on a lot of things, but he said, let's just do a clean reauthorization. Let's all change anything and let me do hearings and investigate even more, and we'll fix it in three years. I, I wasn't willing to do that. So when you're faced with just reauthorizing exactly what you have versus trying to get some uh, reforms that will help protect uh, the president in the future so that this doesn't happen to the president in 2020 like it did in 2016, and more importantly, to protect Americans. You know, we've often said if they can do it to a president, imagine what they can do to you and I. So we said let's let's figure out what reforms we can agree on with, uh, with Democrats and with the attorney general and, and working with uh, ranking member Nunes and his staff and, and our staff and Mr. Collins' staff 
and, and come up with something that at least moves the ball forward and is better than just continuing what we have. So that's what we did. Now, in the end, what we really need is we really need for someone to be held accountable. And you and I have talked about this for, I don't know, for two years. But think about the In Horowitz's report about the FISA abuse, there was an individual, a lawyer at the FBI, who changed an email, yeah. who falsified an email, and they sent that to the court to help. So the main thing we can do, these reforms are good in the process and protocols and enhanced penalties and making sure the transcript of these proceedings gets to, gets to Devin Nunes and gets to the Intelligence Committee so there's some review of what's going on. But in the end, when people do something wrong, they have to be held accountable, or you don't have the deterrent that you really need. So I would like to see this this lawyer who falsified an email um, that was used to go get a warrant to spy on a fellow American citizen. I'd like to see that person held accountable, and I'm waiting for the Justice Department to do that. So let's hope that happens. Well, we've been waiting for the Justice Department to, to do a lot of things, uh, and, and yeah. including under the former AG, uh, AG Sessions, the current AD, AG, AG, AG Barr. You know, some strong talk, but very little follow-through on, on a lot of things. And I think, I don't think I, no, nor a lot of other people will be happy with the FISA, uh, with FISA itself, the act, uh, uh, being allowed to continue and the court being allowed to continue until there are some people who are held accountable. And I'm talking about in a legal I, sense, I because I feel, I, I feel that strongly. It's that dangerous in terms of what they're able to I do agree. and what they were able to do to American citizens, um, you know, in that campaign and what they will do going forward. Let me pivot now to yesterday, Super Tuesday 2.0. It looks like they have successfully uh, circled the wagons around Joe Biden and gotten rid of the yep. socialist interloper, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, who just kind of forced his way into their party. Uh, I still think it's a socialist party on its own. They just don't want anybody <laughs> to wear that label. And Bernie carried yep. the label with him, so we had to kill him. Well, kill him pardon that. We had to kill his campaign, and we had to make sure yep. that Joe Biden is going to go forward, and he is. Um, do you think yeah. the president is licking his chops at uh, at, the, at the prospect of facing uh, uh, Joe Biden, or you think he's nervous? Yeah. No, no, he's not nervous. Uh, <laughs> this president is confident, and he has every reason to be confident based on what he's accomplished in the, in the three years he's been president of this great country. Uh, I don't think it matters who they nominate. The president's going to win. Um, and I mean, I, I just don't. I think I think when you look at taxes cut, regulations reduced, economy growing, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the court, out of the Iran deal, embassy injuries, all the things we've rattled off before. It's an amazing three years. And what what people so appreciate about the president is he's doing what he said he would do. So th- th- that's that's why he's going to win, in spite of all the lies from the left, in spite of CNN doing all the baloney they do and out to get him and lying about him and all that stuff. He is 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 going to win and. And, um, you know, I look forward to the debates between Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump because I think the president's going to, you know, is going to win those as well. Do you believe, and I know you're not a doctor, and so answer this as carefully as you wish, but we are all watching, you know, the, the walking gaffe machine that Joe Biden has been for his entire political career has gotten far, far worse. He's on about a two gaff a day um, uh, uh, li- uh, expenditure right now, I guess. Uh, is not, a, not the best way to say that, but it's getting worse, and some are saying his cognitive ability is in question. His mental acuity needs to be confirmed, perhaps with an examination before he can even be, take part in a general election. What your thought after listening to him on the campaign trail day after day no, you know look I, I i hope that's not the case i don't i don't i don't necessarily think it is i i i just don't know um i think you, you know we we uh my my attitude is look at his policies look at his positions look at the you know when he when he when he asked uh when they asked the democrat candidates do you want uh uh illegal immigrants to have um uh free health care he raised his hand uh, is he for raising taxes? Yes. Remember what this election is really going to be about. It's, it's, I think, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I think Joe Biden's mental faculties are, 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 are probably fine. I, I don't want to speculate on any of that. But 
I want to look at what his policy positions are and what the Democrats are trying to do. Democrats want to take your money. We know that because they all wanted to raise your taxes. Every candidate was in it. Now it's Biden. He wants, he wants to raise taxes. They, they want to take your money. They want to take your private health insurance. They want to take away your doctors. They want to take away your border. They want to take away your guns. They want to take away your drinking straws, right? They don't want this to be able to even use plastic drinking straws. And, of course, they tried to take away your president. So I think when you boil this campaign down to it, what do the Democrats want to take from we, the American people? That's the real issue. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into his, his health. I hope he's as healthy as, as uh, I don't, uh, you know, I hope that that's not the case, that there's any concern there. And I don't think there is. But um, what I'm concerned about is his positions, which are, as you said, very left. And, and, and taking things from the American people is I don't think how you win an election. Uh, and I don't think it's good for our country. Yeah, I think that's very well said. I think everybody hopes for good health for him, mental and physical health uh, and all sure. the rest. And then we have a very, very good, you know, uh, uh, campaign uh, between the two sides. But uh, but I think there are a lot of questions that do need to be answered. And speaking of questions, I'm going to ask you this last one. We don't have a ton of time here. But sure. anytime I see your name trending, I wonder, uh-oh, now what? Um, I like you, your constituents <laughs> like you, conservative, constitutional-minded <laughs> Americans like you, but the American left hates you, and uh, it's the yeah. reason is you're effective. <laughs> well, I mean, you know you know this, you're effective, you, you have been one of the champions of President Trump and his agenda, which is an America first constitutional agenda, and yep. they want to take you out. Um, so CNN, a few days ago, decided to revive the, the ridiculous, in my opinion, ridiculous wrestling allegations that um, Dr. Strauss, while uh, at Ohio State, who had been apparently um, committing a number of um, uh, violations against student-athletes, uh, the accusation revived by CNN a couple of days ago, or a few days ago, is that you knew about yeah. it, and you didn't do anything yeah. about it. And I know you've answered these questions before. I hate yeah, yeah, asking funny. them again, but CNN did this. No, and so now we do kind of have to hit it again real quick. Yeah. What do you want to say about these six wrestlers who came forward no, and said he definitely it's, knew? No, it's a, it's a lie, and it's, it's interesting because some of the some of the people said that just uh, two years ago when this when this uh, ridiculous story and, and lie broke, uh, they had a different position. But now that they're in settlement talks, suddenly they want to say things that uh, that aren't true and that they didn't say before. Look, uh, I, every single coach has said the same thing I have. Uh, all kinds of uh, wrestlers have come forward and said the same thing I have, and the reason they said that is because it's the truth. Um, you know, if I'd have known about something, if, if something was going on with the, that, that harmful to, the, to our athletes, I'd have done it. Uh, I'd, I'd have stepped forward and, and done something about it. Um, you know, I, I tell folks, I stood up to the Speaker of the House from my own state, my own party, stood up to uh, Paul Ryan when he was Speaker, took on the FBI, took on the IRS. Uh, the idea that I'm not going to stand up for our athletes if I think something harmful to happen to them is just ridiculous and what people are saying is not true. I find it interesting that suddenly they're, they're saying things that they didn't say before because they're in settlement talks. And, of course, CNN, who was always out to get it, is, uh, is all too willing to, uh, to put, the, put the false statements and the lies on TV. Well, it continues to be a shame that this continues to pop up. And as you said, there's a financial motive for some of them. And CNN, just again, it's a political motive because you're one of the most effective members of Congress in the Republican Party, and they're trying to uh, take you out. Uh, but I appreciate yeah. it. I, I Again, I apologize you for having to ask it, to be honest with you, Congressman, but, um, no, but, I'm, but I appreciate that's you fine. answering it. Thanks for what you do. Take care, brother. You got it. Thank you, sir. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us. We went late, but I had to get that last question in. Hopefully, Congressman Renacy will not mind. Former uh, Ohio 16 Congressman Jim Renacy next on the M1420 The Answer.
938 as we continue now on AM 1420. The answer, thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan, who joined us uh, last segment. And uh, now I want to talk to a uh, former congressman from Ohio's 16th Congressional District, Congressman Jim Renacci, who will be sharing a stage with me and Peter Kersenow and others tomorrow night at a very, very important event, the first Trump Day dinner held by the Geauga County Republican Club. Congressman Renacci, good to have you back on the airwaves. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing great. How are you? I am excited about tomorrow night. How about you? I am as well. Look, I think whenever the grassroots can come together, sometimes some and even away from the Republican Party, just the grassroots coming forth, although there'll be a lot of Republicans there uh, to get behind our president uh, with some great speakers like yourself and Peter Kirshner and Harlan Hill. Um, I think this is going to be a good event. And it'll show the president that there is ground, you know, there's a groundswell support for him here in Ohio. Yeah, and that is so very important. You know, we know how important Ohio is every time there is a presidential uh, election, and we know that it's extraordinarily important to keep it red. And so, yeah, there's no time like the president to to celebrate the president. I love the fact that, uh, Congressman, from what I was told, this event sold out in very short order. They went ahead and added more tables. I don't know exactly how many more, but uh, they opened up sales again, and then those sold out as well. So there is an appetite in, in you know in northern Ohio, whether it's Calgary County or Lorraine County or now in Geauga County. There's an appetite for you know the conservative point of view. There's an appetite for the president of the United States, America First policies, and uh, and everybody wants to come together to support those. Well, I agree, and I uh, I was told there's 225 tickets that were sold, which will be one of the larger events, will uh, top even some of the Lincoln Day events that are going on in some of these counties, because there is a conservative movement. I'm glad to see that. I was down in Cincinnati, actually, last night speaking about politics and saying that the conservative movement has to come back. We have to get back involved because of debts and deficits and all the things that are occurring and not let... Um, you know, the politicians and the government continue to get more and more control of our lives. And uh, I'm hoping to see more and more of that throughout the state. Congressman, let's talk politics for a moment or two here. Um, let's talk state politics before we get to Super Tuesday 2.0 and Joe Biden yesterday and what this means for the actual presidential uh, campaigns uh, coming up this summer. Um Everybody in the country and really around the world is dealing with the Wuhan coronavirus. And uh, yesterday, because of some cases, of course, confirmed in the state of Ohio, uh, Governor DeWine essentially went into shutdown mode and uh, told Ohio universities and colleges to uh, send kids home, uh, don't have in-classroom slash or, uh, audi- uh, auditorium face-to-face lessons. People can learn on their laptop screens, etc., uh, the OHSAA followed the recommendations by the governor, and now all of these uh, state championships in wrestling and basketball and swimming and whatnot, they're all going to be in empty arenas, save for parents who are allowed to come. Are we overreacting? What What is your take on Governor DeWine's handling of this uh, in this announcement of the state of emergency and all of these admonitions to stay home? Well, I actually do believe we're overacting, and I've said that. I said it yesterday. I've said it on social media. I said it this morning. Um, I have an event tonight that was canceled at Walsh University because of this. I think even the the uh, presidents of these universities are saying, look, we're doing this because we don't want to be the one that stays open. It's, it's kind of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Ohio State says they're going to cut classes, and then all of a sudden all the other schools start to do it. In the end, 
politicians and mainstream media need to get out of this. We need to be, you know, we need to have the information. But I've said moderation and precaution is what is needed. You know, Bob, I was just at a restaurant this morning for a 730 meeting. Normally, there'd be 40 people in that restaurant. There was only four. Last night, I was in Cincinnati. I went to a dinner at a place. Normally, there probably was 50 or 60. There was three of us in that restaurant. This is a problem because we have politicians and mainstream media overreacting and making this. And I got to tell you, it's going to affect the economy. One of the reasons the stock market is going down is because people are sitting there saying, hey, wait a minute. People aren't buying stuff. People aren't eating it. Well, unless it's hand sanitizer, but uh, people aren't going out. The economy is slowing down and it's being self-imposed in many ways by politicians and mainstream media. That's why I loved when President Trump has said multiple times, look, let's continue to keep things going. He's trying to make sure people realize we we got to keep the economy going. we got to have precaution. We've got to be safe. But at the same time, we can't overact. Uh, and we are. We are overreacting, in my opinion. I think uh, some of the decisions that have been made are terrible. <clears throat> I think they are feeding into the frenzy and feeding into the fear. And the fear can spread faster than the virus does. Um, good practices should be followed. <clears throat> Excuse me sanitizers. Obviously, if you are symptomatic, you should stay home and self-quarantine. Uh, but if you're not, yeah, you, you, you know, use, use good, proper hygiene practices. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Stay at least six feet away from somebody you see coughing or sneezing or whatever the case might be, because that's the, uh, the, uh, uh, diameter of the, uh, uh, or, or the circumference or whatever you want to call it of the spread of the of germs. But, but what they're doing is, is two things. Number one, they're spreading the panic and making people stay at home. And then the second thing is, that it's causing them to not spend money. And I feel like this is what the Democrats wanted all along. They have been hoping that the one number one campaign re-election item or issue for Donald Trump, which is the economy, would go away. Positive economy means re-electing Trump. If the economy starts to contract, if the economy starts to go into recession, Trump is sunk. I feel like that this is what, again, our governor, our Republican governor, is playing into that fear in order to keep people home and stop them from spending money and harming businesses. Well, absolutely. And think about it. I was thinking when he said that yesterday, a Cavs game and the thousands of employees that are that are go through, you know, that work at a Cavs game. We're not going to be selling vendors. I mean, there's not going to be people there. I mean, he's actually telling people to stay away from professional sporting events as well, which again drives the economy. Such a, I mean, such an overreaction. Again, we have to have precaution. And we have to have moderation, but we shouldn't be overreacting. I think the governor's state of emergency is an overreaction, which will hurt the Ohio economy at some point in time. Yeah, and that's what I fear. The Ohio economy, and then, like I said, the national economy is going to be impacted by this as well. But still, the president, uh, as we talk presidential politics now, uh, has been responsible for some extraordinary growth in the economy and in terms of uh, business expansions, in terms of manufacturing jobs, and, of course, uh, the jobless rate, which is uh, the best it's ever been since, well, the best it's been since at least 1969 and the best ever for certain demographic groups. Joe Biden wants to come in and upend all of that. He's going to be the guy. Um, what is your what is your feeling about Joe Biden kind of uh, surging? Two weeks ago, he was left for dead. He was finishing fourth and fifth in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada. Suddenly, he wins in South Carolina, and then, bam, Bernie's done. Joe Biden is the guy. What is your opinion of Joe Biden as the uh, Democratic nominee in waiting? 
Well, let's face it, the Democrats needed to get away from a Democrat socialist. They needed that stigma eliminated. They now have been able to do that. Uh, Joe Biden is definitely not a Democrat socialist, although he does have some socialist ideas. He clearly is more moderate. And by the way, I mean, I hate to say this because I've met him multiple times. He's a nice guy, too. And I think that's what they wanted. They wanted to change their side of the race and make sure that we think about this in the future. I mean, Donald Trump won by 304, you know, uh, electoral college votes. They only need, and this is where the danger is, and this is where even your listeners and the American people need to remember, they only need to flip a couple states to win the presidency back. It's not like they've got to, you know, change the entire uh, country because those, those states that voted for a Democrat under Hillary Clinton will probably vote for a Democrat under Hillary Clinton. Those states that are strong Republican states will continue to vote for Donald Trump. It's those swing states. And what's interesting is if Joe Biden can win Pennsylvania and Michigan and everything else stays the same, he becomes a president. If Joe Biden can win Florida and Michigan or Florida and Pennsylvania, he becomes a president if everything stays consistent. And that's why we have to make sure we continue to get out to vote and, and making sure we're voting for President Trump to get back in there for another four years. Because it wouldn't take much to flip things just by a couple states, even Ohio. You know, we call Ohio a red state. I call it a green state because money does change things in Ohio. But that's 18 votes. You only need 35 electoral votes to flip the presidency. And that's what we need to be most concerned. And that's why the Democrats wanted to get Bernie Sanders out of there. He won Michigan, did Biden yesterday against Sanders, despite a, um, a, a mid-morning uh, showdown with a union worker on uh, on the floor of one of the auto plants up there. And he pointed in the guy's face, told him he was full of blank, and uh, threatened to take him outside, to take his A outside, all in a disagreement about guns, before inventing the imaginary uh, AR-14. <laughs> um, does he have the temperament, and does he have... The mental faculties in place, given what you have seen and we have all seen on this campaign trail, does he have what he needs, essentially, to be, uh, you know, a president of the United States? Well, keep in mind what they're looking for is somebody who can be moderate, kind, and that's and that's going to be the presentation. The vice president candidate, whoever they bring in as vice president, is going to be the key. And uh, so do I think he can do it? No, but he's the he, he's the the template that the Democrats are going to put out there. Then they're going to put people around uh, the, the vice president, if he is the nominee, which it appears it will be. And then they're going to say, this is the guy. And that's why I keep saying, keep in mind, he had a, he had a big showing in Michigan. Um, turnout's going to be important. If he, can, if he can win Michigan in the presidential election, that's 16, you know, that, that's 16 votes in the Electoral College that flip back. He only needs 20 more from one other state if everything stays consistent, and that's what we have to be most concerned about. Yeah, I agree, um, and uh, it is very interesting that this is what it came down to, because you're right. They had no choice but to circle around Biden, because none of the rest of them were electable at all, and Bernie carries, uh, even though he had a huge support for a long time there, he carries that label of socialist, so they're almost left with Joe Biden default. Last thing I'll ask you is, what does it say? that Joe Biden was the vice president of one of the most popular Democratic presidents, again, popular among Democrats, uh, in, in, in our lifetimes, and that, of course, is Barack Obama. And Barack Obama has not and will not endorse him, probably until he actually gets the nomination against Donald Trump. 
Well, look, it shows you that uh, Barack Obama has some concerns, I believe, uh, and and wanted to stay out of this uh, race. But I do agree that uh, after he gets the nomination, you'll see Barack Obama all in. Um, you, you may even see Barack Obama pushing Michelle Obama to be his vice president candidate. Who knows? Mm. But uh, there's a lot of speculation there as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be very interesting. Of course, an endorsement when it's only in the general election means nothing. But when there were 17, 18, 20 uh, Democrats on that stage, when you had a chance to choose from among them, Barack Obama remained silent. I find that very, very telling. And I hope the Trump campaign makes uh, makes that known to a lot of people uh, as we ramp this thing up. Congressman Jim Renacci, looking so forward to seeing you tomorrow night in uh, Chesterland, the Geauga County Republican Party hosting the first Trump Day dinner. Uh, Peter Kirsten will join us, Harlan Hill. Will join us and we'll have a great conversation with a lot of wonderful uh, American uh, patriots tomorrow night. We'll see you then. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. That's uh, Congressman Jim, Jim Renacci on AM 1420. The answer, it's 951. We'll take a time out here. Uh, I've got time for a couple of calls now before the top of the hour. After the top of the hour, we're going to go more into the depths of the Wuhan coronavirus. We're going to be talking with an advisor to the Ohio State Board of Health, uh, who will, Dr. Heidi Gullett, who will be joining us on AM 1420. The answer. Back after this. Okay, 9.55, as we continue on this Wednesday edition. Coming up in, uh, as I said, about 15 minutes, I guess it'll be around 9.10, we are going to be talking to Dr. Heidi Gullich. She is a physician at Case Western, as well as uh, an advisor to the Ohio Department of Health. Going to ask her her thoughts on what Mike DeWine did yesterday. Mike DeWine, the governor, um, essentially said, stay home. He essentially advanced, in my opinion, the wrong notion that uh, we are in some great peril if we leave our houses and if we gather together with other people, whether it be at a sporting event, whether it be at a movie theater, whether it be at a mall or a restaurant. He discourages large gatherings is essentially what it comes down to. Um, the governor is going to force the championship athletes playing uh, in Columbus and around uh, uh, Ohio this weekend. He's going to force them into playing in essentially re- uh, uh, absolute silence. I can tell you this because my son <clears throat> plays on the uh, basketball team at Leary Catholic High School, and they had a uh, district final game this past Friday. And the winner got to go to the regional, which is the uh, elite eight of the uh, of the state. And uh, they lost in overtime. A great game to Warrensville Heights. Good luck to Warrensville, by the way. But I can't describe the atmosphere in that building at Bedford High School on Friday. The entire stands were filled, people shoulder to shoulder and chest to back on the Warrensville side, and they were going crazy. The entirety of the stands on the Illyria Catholic side, shoulder to shoulder and chest to back, going crazy. Kids on the court in the fourth quarter at crucial moments, throwing their hands into the air, encouraging their side to be louder, be louder, be louder. It was an amazing atmosphere, the type of atmosphere upon which uh, high school sports thrives and, and was built. The kids, the fans, the students in the stands... 
played a huge role in the in the in the momentum and the adrenaline of their players. And all of that is going to be missing in the state champ state semifinals for the girls and the regionals for the boys and the state wrestling tournaments. It's all going to be gone because Mike DeWine has issued an edict saying that nobody should gather together in large crowds. The OHSAA said, okay, yeah, we're with you. So every every uh, participant is allowed to have four tickets for um, immediate family members. So if there are 12 players on a basketball team, there's 48 people in the stands on one side, 48 in the other. In other words, it's like playing in a library. Why are they robbing these kids of the amazing experience that comes with being a championship competitor? All because the liberal freakout in the media telling everybody if you go near somebody, somebody else, you could die. I just do not believe and do not understand why Mike DeWine would cave into that. The decisions we make as individuals in the next few days and in the next several weeks will really determine how many lives are going to be lost in Ohio. Baloney. Baloney. From athletic events to uh, colleges, again, giving instruction now on laptops by way of the Internet as opposed to in-person, face-to-face. And by the way, somebody tweeted this earlier. I found it interesting. Are Ohio's colleges and universities admitting that you don't need to spend all of that money to send your kid to live there? That instruction can be just as effective on an online course as it can be in a face-to-face uh, 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 instruction or, or lecture? Because be careful what you wish for, as somebody tweeted to me earlier. Maybe this is the way it should always be done. Let's save millions of dollars collectively for Ohio's parents sending their kids to college and have them take college at the kitchen table on the com- on the uh, computer. That's already done in some places. Professional sporting events as well. The Blue Jackets, the Cavaliers, college events like March Madness. Mike DeWine, the governor of the state of Ohio, stopped short of issuing a pu- public health order but says, I hope organizers will take the appropriate action and keep people out of these events. I find it very, very irresponsible. I think it's going to play into the damaging of the economy. It is only going to be a negative experience, and it is done because of hype. Very little more than that. That's what I want to talk to our next guest about. Dr. Heidi Gullett from Case Western Reserve University and an advisor to the Ohio State Board of Health will join us to talk about it coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 